Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Coming up on DTNS, hot new laptops from Acer and Asus, new sound bars for smart TVs from Amazon and Roku, and a way to pay for things with just your hand. This is the Daily Tech News for Wednesday, September 4th, 2019 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Feline, I'm Sarah Lane. In Salt Lake City, I'm Scott Johnson. And I'm the show's producer, Roger Chang. We were just talking about kindness and sand, and it's amazing <laughs> the breadth of topics that we talk about. The, the follies of using Waze. We have a tip for how to make Waze work better for you. That's all on Good Day Internet, which you can get at patreon.com slash DTNS. Let's start with a few tech things you should know. Razer announced three 13.3-inch blade stealth laptops with Core i7 Ice Lake processors. Two models have the NVIDIA GTX 1650 discrete GPU by default. The third model is an Ultrabook with a 25-watt TDP processor and integrated graphics. All three models have 16 gigabytes of LPDDR4, uh, 3733 megahertz dual-channel RAM, and PCIe M.2 solid state drives. The least expensive of the new Blade Stealth laptops starts at $1,500. Not bad. European Competition Commissioner Marguerite Vestager, look at that, announced an examination of the Libra cryptocurrency uh, to see if it would harm competition. Vestager uh, sent questions last month to all 28 members of the Libra Association asking about conditions for membership, how consumer data would be handled, and how Libra backed products would be integrated into Facebook's platforms. Yes, you pronounced Marguerite Vestager's name very good. Thank you. Roku announced the smart soundbar with the 4K Roku Ultra built inside of it, meaning it can do all the things a Roku Ultra can do, but also be a lovely soundbar. It can connect to any TV using the HDMI ARC port, or it can connect by optical audio, and you can connect to a device over Bluetooth. Sports Dolby Audio, advanced signal processes to maintain sync, and also has new volume modes. Uh, like, for instance, there's a night mode that'll raise the dialogue volume without raising the volume of the explosion so you don't wake everybody in the house up. Roku also announced the wireless subwoofer that connects to the Roku Smart Soundbar by Wi-Fi and maintains sync that way. Both devices are available for pre-order for 179 bucks. And speaking of smart TVs and soundbars, uh, tell me a little bit about what Amazon announced, Sarah. Yeah, I was all excited about Roku's announcements, and then Amazon came storming in with their own. The company announced a revamped Fire TV Cube streaming device, which now has an IR blaster, a faster processor than the predecessor, and local voice control for some commands that the device can handle without having to send queries to Amazon servers in the cloud. So 
You're all you're doing it all in one place. The new Fire TV Cube is now in pre-order in the United States for 120 bucks. Uh, also pre-orders for Canadians, folks in the UK and Germany. Japan availability starts in November. Amazon also announced the Nebula Soundbar Fire TV Edition made by Anchor, which can stream video, can play music, can sync with other Echo speakers for multi-room audio, and includes a remote control with a microphone in 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 within. Pre-orders are open in the same regions I'm, I just mentioned. Price is two hundred twenty-nine ninety-nine. Amazon will also begin selling a variety of TVs with some partners. Grundig made OLED TVs with built-in Fire TV software and Far Field voice control in Austria and Germany starting in November. A JVC made TV with Fire TV software is coming to Curry's, that's in the UK, and Germany's Media Market and Saturn will both begin selling house brand Fire TV sets next year. Finally, in the good old US of A, Amazon also announced a new 65-inch Toshiba Fire TV set. So yeah, pretty significant to see Grundig uh, making a television with Fire TV's Farfield voice control built into it. That That's significant. Uh, interesting to see the Fire TV Cube get a, a, what is kind of a minor upgrade, except for that ability to do some of those processes on the chip. That's basic stuff like saying, you know, navigate around the screen, select the, uh, the YouTube icon or something like that. Right. Uh, but the big one here is the the soundbar because now you've you've, you're seeing the trend here roku and amazon both saying we're going to sell you a soundbar that has our television service built in and that to me is the most significant of all these announcements because it's the next generation of these devices not everybody wants to buy a little box that they attach their tv some people want it built into the tv but if they don't want it built into the TV, kind of a, a a value proposition is, hey, you wanted to improve the sound of your TV any, anyway with a soundbar, you're not into 7.1, you just want the soundbar, we'll add some cool TV software to make your television smart. Yeah, I really like, of all of these announcements, I uh, funny enough, the one that jumps out to me the most is the Anchor device, the Nebula. Um, that that soundbar, yeah. Yeah, that's three things I need and three things I've been putting off uh, the need for, I should say three things. I really don't care too much about, I don't know, having another echo control device, but, or another Amazon services device, but this is going to solve that problem by being integrated with an ecosystem I already use. I need a good sound bar and I need it to be smarter than the dumb one I have now. So of all these devices, oh, and I love anchors. The other thing, I totally trust them. They make great stuff, everything from cables to chargers to other kinds of devices. They are, I think one of the most amazing brands there is. For those kinds of accessories, so I'm very happy to see them doing this, and we'll probably pick that thing up um, sight unseen, just because I really like and trust those guys. I I wonder why they don't have the Farfield mic in the Nebula soundbar, unless it's a cost issue or Amazon just didn't want to license them the patent for that part of it, because uh, because they put it in the Grundig TV, right? Like, why couldn't they have put it in the Nebula soundbar? Right. And for 230 bucks, it's not the most expensive soundbar, mm-hmm. but you know, you're paying for something that has a lot of bells and whistles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the other thing is anchor products tend to be less expensive than, you know, bigger branded competing products, but they don't skimp on quality and warranty and everything I've ever gotten from them just works as, as designed. So for whatever reason, I'm just having a lot of brand loyalty on that announcement and I, and I feel pretty good about it. But I also, I also just feel good about the idea that this is, not me diving into a single branded product that is completely controlled by one sort of, you know, uh, closed garden. This is Amazon voice services. This is anchor hardware. This is, you know, a sound device that's, you know, pretty much universal to whatever I'm going to need, whether it's Bluetooth or whatever. It just feels like a nice 
middle ground choice where I'm not having to, you know, pledge myself for the next 10 years to some new brand. What about Roku, though? 179 bucks. It's cheaper. Still an open platform, although they're making the hardware in this case. Is that what bothers you? Um, part of it would be this. I'd need to hear the sound quality side to side because that would be the big differentiator between these two devices sure. for me. So hearing the Roku versus the, the Anchor. Anchor speakers have been really good from my experience um, for what they're meant to be. Uh, Roku would have to, you know, impress me in that regard. But I don't know why it is. I, I just hold. You love Anchor. That, that's what it sounds like. Regard, yeah. It's weird. In my head, I see steel and I see plastic. You say Roku, I see plastic. Mm. You hear Anchor, I hear steel. And I don't know why, but there's just like that. That's Not the, the actual look of the devices. That's just your your sort of imaginatory preference. It also yeah. sounds to me like the Nebula is going to be much better if you're like, okay, well, what if I bought a couple, you know, cheap end echo speakers and I can kind of recreate surround sound? Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that Roku's new soundbar does connect to other devices via Bluetooth, but that's a little bit more limited depending on what you have. Yeah. I'm always Although, trying I mean, to it's figure out optical. how to create surround sound with like cheap parts in a smaller room. Yeah, well, I mean, the sound bars do a pretty good job of of surround sound, but it's never going to be the same as an actual five point one or seven point one or something well, like yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, if you but have but the Bluetooth is just an added feature. You. The Bluetooth isn't how it connects most of the time. That's just like oh, no, you can I also mean, put your phone through there. Right, yeah, right. but I think one of the selling points with the Nebula is oh, and if you have other Echo speakers, then you can do multi uh, audio in a room. Mm. The U.S. Federal Trade Commission announced Wednesday that it has fined Google over allegations that YouTube violated the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act, or COPA. Google will pay $170 million total in fines. $136 million of that goes to the FTC. That's the FTC's largest yet COPA violation fine. $34 million is going to go to settle a complaint with the New York Attorney General's office for similar violations. COPA requires data collection of users that are age 12 or younger to be done with parents' consent has to have a privacy policy, has to disclose what's being collected, few other restrictions. And YouTube didn't age gate videos. You could go to youtube.com and watch videos all day long with no re- need to even log in, right? Well, YouTube was using data on viewers age 2 to 12 in sales pitches to toy companies at the same time claiming it did not have users younger than 13 because it didn't allow you to sign up for an account if you said you were younger than 13. Uh, And so Google claimed it didn't need to comply with COPA. Uh, Catching them doing both those things is what led to the fine. And YouTube must now also let owners of channels identify child-directed content, which will then face different data management policies. And YouTube, of course, has agreed to follow all COPA guidelines going forward. I love that. YouTube's like, well, we you, we can't have users under 13 because those are our rules. However, here's a lot of data on children. Two that 12. is definitely, you know, a company that it has a few hundred people and one of them not knowing what the other is doing. I'm sure the person who wrote that email said, OK, legally, defensively, we can say we don't target kids. We don't sign up kids. Our videos aren't meant for kids, so we don't have to follow COPA. But in the data... They found like, hey, but it looks like we have some kids. Let's let's pitch Mattel and Hasbro with that, right? Sure. Yeah. Not only do you have some kids, you have millions of kids. I guarantee there are millions of kids under 13 yep. with accounts that say they're over 13. And that's 13. why they made YouTube kids because they knew that, right? Yes, that's mm-hmm. why they made it. And that, and that was a good thing, I think. I think YouTube kids was a really smart move, although it's still a little weird. But, but it, this is just another uh, step in the 
maturation process of, of YouTube where they have to sort of grapple with these larger issues that usually only TV people had to worry about. But now they're the TV people and they're having to worry about it in ways that hopefully doesn't mean more regulation. They can just sort of adhere to the current regulation and everyone will be okay. Uh, the Light Company began shipping Light Phone 2 to crowdfunding backers. Light Phone 2 was designed to be fully functional uh, as a simple phone, adding to the limited feature of the first Light Phone while trying to maintain the promise of limiting distraction. We're all looking for that, I guess. The phone originally was uh, supposed to be or supposed to ship in April, but was delayed to improve the design. The Light Phone 2 will retail for $350 with a 2.84-inch e-ink touch display, Bluetooth, tethering, and more. So my old man reaction to this story is just turn off your notifications, people. Just turn them all off, you know? <laughs> and then when you miss one, then you can turn that one back on. But why do you need a whole separate device? But apparently some people are like, you know what? That just doesn't work for me. And I, I get that. Uh, you know, the, the willpower argument is never a really good argument for somebody who's like, yeah, but that doesn't stop me from eating the chocolate bars or whatever it is, right? So having a device where you're like, I will take this one and I won't be able to be notified because it's limited is good. Problem with the light phone one was nobody was using it because it was too limited. So they're trying to strike the balance here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially since I think I think a lot of it with the with the original light phone and I had a couple friends who were like, oh, this is great for a limited time. And then they abandoned their phones Mm -hmm. because it was just too restrictive. It's like, okay, all it really does is make phone calls. Well, <laughs> I've gotten really used to making a phone call as a last resort because I have so many other ways to get a hold Sometimes of people. Sometimes making a phone call is rude, right? right. Because right. People- it's, just, it's just, there are just, even if I, some people are better on the phone than others, but it's like, we just have so many more options. I have been trained to use a variety of ways to get hold of people depending on the person. You know, I'm probably not going to connect with Scott over WhatsApp, but another friend I would, because I'm like, yeah, that's sure. where they hang out. You just get used to it. So it's restrictive in a weird way. So I think opening it up a little bit more, but still saying, hey, we're trying to cut down on what could be unhealthy usage of stuff that is not uh, enriching your life. It's kind of taking away from it or it's wasting time. It's a good thing. But yeah, I mean, there's still a lot of self-control that needs to be had in any situation like this. I'm I'm with you, Tom. I think if there was really an issue, it's like our phones have gotten better and better at, at bundling in tools that help us at least know our usage. Even if our right. behaviors don't change, at least we kind of know like, hey, I'm spending a lot of time in this app. And that's that's almost better than taking away options. For me. Tom, Tom was right about the whole chocolate thing. I mean, what they're trying to say is, well, if we limit all that, then there's nothing you can do about it. The other way is like buying Twinkies and having them in the in the cupboard and knowing they're there, but just stalwartly avoiding them. Yeah, right. And 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 I get that, but the phones are so versatile in terms of giving you more choice that if you're really serious about limiting your stuff, just go in there and do that because your phone does it already. Yeah, but now you have a more uh, somewhat more viable option. I think this is one of the better versions of this if you're looking for something like that. Sure. It's a little pricey though, three hundred fifty bucks. That's a chunk of change. Uh, the New York Post reports Amazon is testing scanners that identify people by their hands to let them pay for purchases in stores. Sources told the Post uh, the technology is called the Orville, not the Orville, just Orville. <laughs> I want to confuse people who watch TV. And is being tested at vending machines at Amazon offices in New York. The machines use computer vision and depth sensors to identify hand shape and size. So this is not fingerprints. This is not vein layout. Uh, this is your hand, the shape of your hand. Probably more similar to something like face ID or, you know, simple face recognition. Yeah. Than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we were, so we talked about this on TMS with Tom this morning. 
And the conversation rolled into, well, what if your hands, you, you get mutilated or you get older, your hands, you get arthritis, like your hands are going to start looking different. So maybe there's recalibration or those, those kind of issues that you'd have to deal with any other kind of disfigurement or loss or change, uh, depending on what kind of bio, um, you know, security you're using. But this seemed like as good as any other. I'd love to raise my hand at a, at a, at a Whole Foods and have it just go, bloop. all right, see you, Mr. Johnson. You're good. Yeah. Oh, I imagine it being more like a gum jabar, paint, the pain box from Dune, where you stick your hand in a box and it scans it. It's probably not like either one of those. Um, but but yeah, it's not it's not palm print. It's scanning your your full hand. And yeah, I mean, your hand might change shape over time, but probably less than your face. And they've been able to make face ID work. So um, this is interesting. And of course, they're testing it. That's That's why you test things, to see if you can make it work. I want I want the first error so I can find the person who has an identical hand to me somewhere in the world who might also be shopping at Whole Foods. Right. I mean, it's going to be pretty unlikely yeah. uh, that that's going to happen, but that would make a good documentary, wouldn't it? Well, Rod- Roger had said My earlier, twin. he was convinced that, that it was going to be no time before somebody walked in with a rubber hand and got through. <laughs> Roger was going to create the rubber hand. Rod- yeah. that- it's like... It's like- it's like the new carpool scam. Yeah. <laughs> I've got this hand. No, really? This is how I'm there, sure. there will be one case, I guarantee it. Yeah, it may not be rubber. Right. It be wood, might be something. It might be just, you know. Like Sir, can you please hand. extend your whole arm out of the coat? Oh, it turns out it's not just a rubber hand. It's also three children <laughs> in an yeah. overcoat. They're on top of each other. It's two, all right? If they're, if they're middle-aged kids. Middle-aged kids. <laughs> ha! This is not too different than the fact that I'm still almost always carrying my wallet with me, even though I can use my phone to pay for things because I'm like, eh, fail safe, right? So yes, your hand might be the way it goes. If for some reason the machine is down or it's being weird, it's like you will most likely have a backup form of payment until the stuff gets really, really good. Exactly. Facebook announced on Tuesday that US, the U.S. Department of Homeland Security would be violating rules if the agents created fake profiles to monitor people seeking to enter the country. Facebook requires all users to use real names, even if they're secret agents. Facebook says it'll shut down accounts of anyone found to violate that policy, including those undercover. DHS told the Associated Press that fake accounts make it easier to review visa and green card and citizenship applications. DHS also does not allow agents to interact on Facebook, only passively reviewing information. Yeah, according to this AP story, they can't friend people, they can't like posts, they can't interact in any way. Uh, and let's, for the for the sake of discussion here, let's set aside the controversy over whether DHS should be doing this. There's a whole conversation to be had about should uh, someone who is applying for a visa have to subject their social media to scrutiny or not, right? We could, we could have that conversation in a, in a separate arena. But just for this, the thing that struck me, and we talked about it quite a bit in our, our production meeting today, why would you need a fake account for, for DHS to do this? If they're not interacting, if they're not friending anybody, they're not liking anything, all they're doing is viewing and on Facebook, you, I don't think you can even tell who has viewed your profile. No. It yes. Wouldn't Any tool need, that says you can is... Yeah. Not. It wouldn't need to be a fake account. It could but just be if a... You're, if you're involved in a clandestine operation, having your real name anywhere in print is probably something you don't sure, want. Sure. But we're not talking about espionage here. We're talking about... Yeah. 
DHS reviewing visa applications, right? Like right, it's right. probably public record who are the people in the visa application review staff anyway. Yeah, I I'm kind of I'm with Tom on this in that I'm confused why they think they need them to be fake given all the th- factors that we know, but the only thing I can think of is it's probably just well if Facebook changes their policy and suddenly they do report visits, we're not caught unaware. So if we have fake accounts and we're covered either way. That's what I bet is going through their heads. I when, think it has to do with what Sarah said, which is secretly they are friending people and liking people <laughs> and conducting espionage, but they can't say that. So they need they need to, to cover that it. could be that could be. But either way, it's it's like they're covered, right? Like with a fake account, they can do whatever mm-hmm. they need to do. And if something changes on the Facebook side, which is now happening, which is kind of going to mess them up. But if something happens, well, then they are forced to. You know, they'd be forced to reveal themselves. So I don't I don't know what their motivations are. It's very weird. Well, uh, the whole the whole thing about, well, we're just monitoring something someone might say that might lead us to believe that they were planning to enter the US. Okay. Some people are gonna be doing that in public. Oh no, 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 no. This is I have applied to enter the US and this person reviewing the application is now looking at social media to find out are they on there saying things that would cause concern. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. But if they're, but okay, so yes, they might be on there saying things that cause concern. They also might be doing that much more privately, in which case the agent would want to be uh, being a little bit more sleuthy in terms of. But they're not allowed to friend people. They're not allowed to like, they're not allowed to interact. So they couldn't be sleuthy. That's my point. But if they're fake, then maybe they're doing it without that's well that's the only that's the only explanation i could think of is that they're all of these policies aren't and maybe facebook knows this and is like well let's just say for the record you can't do this well i think facebook can can just easily say like look you can't make a fake account i don't care who you are Uh, that allows them to just get out of the conspiracy theory business altogether exactly yes yeah like they need they don't need any help in that arena (laughs) they could probably get out of some of that so yes facebook's like we told the secret agents to just follow our rules (laughs) now there are people in the chat room there are people in the chat room suggesting there might be a regulation against certain employees uh, registering themselves on social networks. I, I don't, we don't see a citation for that. Cause I, so I can't say that for sure, but, but maybe there is a policy that says, you know, if you're in this position, you're not allowed to have a Facebook account. I don't know that that seems odd. Maybe your Facebook account, it can't be used for official purposes that that could yeah. make sense too. I don't know. Sure. 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 Well, folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, uh, keep up to date quickly, subscribe to daily tech Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. We're going to finish up with some of the announcements at IFA going on in Berlin, one of the biggest tech conferences of the year. Acer announced the following. Four new Chromebooks with screens from 11.6 inches up to 15 inches, all with Google Assistant, starting at $249.00 up to the most expensive, the convertible Spin 311 Chromebook at $329. Acer also expanded its Concept D Pro-grade laptops, adding a budget 15-inch Concept D3 model, and then uh, offering, even though they're all Pro-grade, they now offer the Concept D Pro line, which is basically the, the previously existing Concept D laptops, but with NVIDIA's Quadro RTX graphics cards in there. Uh, they're available in November with the Concept D3 starting at $1,000, and the new upgraded Pro Concept Ds from $1,700. Acer also announced the $14,000 Predator Thronos Air gaming chair, which you may not realize is a cheap version of the $20,000 Thronos chair announced at last year's IFA. This new cheaper one does not have a motorized arm. That's the big savings. But it does have a built-in massage button available in Q4 in Europe and North America. Yeah, that chair is something. Have you guys seen that thing? It's like a throne for the king of gaming. Thronos. That's why they yeah. named it that, I guess. Yeah, literally. It is really They also named it Predator. Yeah. <laughs> That's their gaming laptop. And probably an increasingly uh, hard-to-justify choice in these days. But, you know. Sure. Yeah. Why not? I mean, they, they, they are... They make great stuff, though, and I'm excited mostly about those NVIDIA, um, the the integrated video in those uh, laptops is super, super good. Those Quadra, or not Quadra, what are they called? Crap. I just had it in my head. Quadro. It's right there. Quadro. There you go. The, yeah. the RTX 5000s are very fast uh, for mobile, you know, for mobile use. So it's nice to see those things inching closer and closer to desktop power. Of course, then they turn right around and make desktop the king again, and it won't matter. But for now, it looks real good. Asus showed off prototypes of laptop gaming displays with a 300 hertz refresh rate. Yow. Uh, Promised to ship a 1080p 300 hertz display in the Zephyrus S GX701 in October. Asus also announced an upgraded ROG Phone 2 Ultimate Edition. Uh, The difference between the Ultimate and the regular ROG Phone 2 is it has a terabyte of storage and a matte black finish and also supports faster Cat 24G LTE. The new ROG Phone 2 Ultimate will cost you €1,199 when it arrives in October. Uh, If you didn't know, the ROG Phone 2, not Ultimate, uh, with its 120 hertz OLED display ships this month for 899 euros. And finally, Asus announced its Pro Art line, including the 17-inch StudioBook Pro 10 with Asus ScreenPad 2.0. Uh, that's a touchscreen trackpad, or it's basically a touchscreen where the trackpad is that can be used as a mini display if you want. Uh, it also has NVIDIA Quadro RTX 5000 and up to Intel Xeon or 9th Gen Core i7 processor inside. No price on that, but it should be available by the end of the year, they say. That one is interesting to me. I'm not sure I want it. Uh, I ha- I'd have to see the touchscreen trackpad in use in a way where I'm like, oh yeah, this is really nice as a mini display. 
Uh, 17 inches is huge, but but if it's light and thin, then, you know, a lot of screen real estate. Yeah, I want it. I don't I don't think I think it's safe to say I don't need it. Um, Also, I have I have questions about that. Three hundred the the, the screen. Yeah, hertz is insane. That's insane. Like 120 hertz. You can tell a difference. You can absolutely tell a difference. Some would say 144 hertz is is the maximum. I'm not sure the human eye, I'd have to do the science. I don't know enough about it, but I don't think the human eye can tell. So that 300 hertz is going to be monster overkill and they're going to sell. A oh, you of- can tell your friends that you have a 300 hertz refresh rate. In your- <laughs> That's what they said about AK. And well, and it's also anybody making TVs. That That's true. But this thing is obviously aimed at gamers, Twitch gamers. And by Twitch gamers, I mean, fast paced, shooter gamers, people that maybe even want to be pros because limiting that thing to 1080p is always a sign that the gamer is not looking for the ultimate in 4K fidelity in the games they play. They are looking for the fastest possible display, which only helps you when you're playing. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, even if it's overdoing it, even if there isn't any uh, reason to have a 300 hertz display, which, hey, if you know of a reason uh, that you can justify feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com, we'd love to hear it. Uh, you, It's going to be the, the one where you're like, well, there's not going to be a problem with the refresh rate if I've got 300 hertz, right? So that's, that's true. That's uh, that's a good one. We've got some got some good stuff there coming from Asus, and that screenpad, by the way, is a new. We saw that at CES, uh, so it'll be interesting to see if it really gets any kind of uptake uh, and what kind of uses that gets put to. Hey, thanks to everybody who participates in our subreddit. You can submit stories. You can also vote on stories that other people submitted at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. We love your contributions. We also love our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash dailytechnewsshow. I'd say check out the mailbag, but it's not an email. It's comments on Patreon. It's feedback. So I guess it's the feedback. It's the feedback. Yum, yum, yum. Yeah. So uh, this is actually great timing because my live with it, the second live with it, three month period with smart light bulbs is coming to a close. I've taken lots of notes. In fact, we're going to go through a lot of those notes on the show and uh, that'll all be available to you. Uh, We're going to do that uh, after the show tomorrow. However... Live with it goes on. The third era is going to be what smartwatch should Sarah live with? And we decided, okay, well, what's a category? Because it's worked out pretty well that I we choose a category where I'm like, I don't really have any of that. I don't have an opinion yet. What I don't have? Smartwatch. So we narrowed it down to four. The Apple Watch Series 4. And yes, we know that there may be something that's announced next week. If so, we will take that into consideration. Yeah, it might become uh, a Series 5. We'll see. Exactly. Yeah. Fitbit Versa 2, that's new. Um, you know, seems like a that's a that's an easy one. The Samsung Galaxy Watch Active 2 and the Fossil Gen 5. Um, and so far, voting's open to anybody. So patrons and anybody who would like to contribute, uh, please do vote. Uh, the more the merrier. And yeah, we have we have a, a lot of good responses so far in the comment section. Uh, people saying Fitbit Versa 2 seems like the logical choice. Um, this is probably the smartphone that's going to work uh, as well with iOS as Android um, and vice versa. You know, obviously the Apple Watch is an obvious choice for an iPhone user such as myself, but it's not the only choice. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that was from Tyler. Tyler said that. Um, Michael also said, I, I'd rather see a review on uh, the yet-to-be-announced Apple Watch 5. Again, Michael, we will, we will cross that bridge if we come to it. Uh, Scott said... I voted for the Fossil Gen 5, wondering how well a traditional Android-based uh, smartwatch would work with an iPhone. Mm. Um, and the comments keep coming in, so it's, it's good to know what, 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 you all, uh, 
what you all think and how you will influence our buying decision making. Genuinely excited for the possibility of the voting getting the Versa in your hands because I'm mm-hmm. I am really and I've been an I or excuse me an Apple Watch user for a couple of years. I love this thing; it's been great, but I think it's priced out of a lot of people's pockets, and I think that they. Uh, given you know how quickly Apple updates them, you always feel sort of this weird pressure to get the latest one. I would very much like to see Fitbit have some really cool competition in this space, going OLED, making that uh, software even better. I still get my notifications and all the things I really use this for. So my vote, not that it counts, but I would vote. I'd vote for the Fitbit. That's what I do. Well, as of this recording, the Versa and the Apple Watch are neck and neck uh, for for uh, as as in the lead. So yeah, we'll see we'll see how this all shakes out in the next well couple of weeks. And when I say couple of weeks, some of this stuff uh, there's some pre orders to keep in mind. And yes, there are some announcements that are coming next week and the following week that we want to take into consideration just in case the landscape changes more drastically than uh, than we expect. So yeah, got a couple of weeks to vote. Uh, thank you in advance. Yeah, don't even have to be a patron. Nope. If that if that wasn't clear, just go to patreon.com slash DTNS. Uh, you will have to create a Patreon login, but you don't have to spend any money if you don't want to, to vote in the poll. Nice. Thanks to Scott Johnson for being with us today. Scott, you've put in your smartwatch vote. What else have you got going on? <laughs> oh, all sorts of fun stuff. Uh, go check it out over at frogpants.com if you're interested in the podcasting side of what I do or the art side of what I do. There's something there for everybody. Uh, so go check it out. Lots of stuff happening. Just put up a new episode of Current Geek. It's a show I do with Tom on Tuesdays. And we have so much fun on that show. We're actually doing uh, what we like to call an autopilot edition of the show next week, next Tuesday, where we're watching the pilot of Friends. Now, what makes that weird is how weird that episode is. It is a funky uh, pilot, and it's not what you remember. If you go watch it now, you'd be like, this is not like the rest of the series. So we try to do that. We find strange stuff like that. Even in the most popular of shows, you get a little bit of a surprise. So Current Geek, every week on Tuesdays, you can find that at frogpants.com. And lots of other stuff as well. Follow me on Twitter at Scott Johnson, too, if you're so inclined. Not to overload you, but we are also thinking of changing our Patreon rewards. Uh, So we came up with a proposal, and we'd like you to look it over if you are someone who wants to support the show on Patreon. Uh, Let us know if there's anything in there you just can't live with. You can find the proposed Patreon reward changes at dailytechnewsshow.com slash Patreon. And if you have feedback for us, a great way to do it is send us an email, feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. If you'd like to join us live Monday through Friday, well, guess what? Good news. We are live. 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2030 UTC, and you can find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Back tomorrow with Justin Robert Young. Talk to you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. From a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. What does it take to move the needle on the world's toughest problems? 
On Better Heroes, we've sourced the globe for passionate individuals and visionary companies who are all on a mission to solve humanity's most urgent challenges. Like, can AI make the world a better place? How can we change our consumption habits to better serve the environment? And what can we do to make our financial systems work for all? This series will convince you that humanity can save itself and our planet. Better Heroes is by EY and produced by Human Group Media. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts.